For me? There we go. It's great to be here. I have such good memories from last summer, and I appreciate the invitation again to come and be with you. A Christian's view of entertainment. Let me start out by asking you this question. How do you like to use your leisure time? When you don't have anyone telling you what you need to do, what do you enjoy doing? I can almost imagine you're already thinking, what leisure time? I don't have any leisure time. And I understand that because we're living in a world where something is clamoring for our attention all the time, it seems. And yet the truth is that none of us can push all the time. And so what I'm interested in asking you is, what do you enjoy doing during your leisure time? If you have a few minutes when you, say, get home in the evening, maybe it's on the way home when you're driving home or late at night after the children have been put to bed. Or maybe you have to wait until the weekend to find some extra time or perhaps even take a vacation. What do you do when you can choose what to do? That's my question. If you have a few minutes, you might like to perhaps read something, search the Internet, Check social media, whether it be Facebook or Snapchat or Twitter, Instagram. Maybe you would, in a few minutes, make a telephone call to catch up with a friend or listen to some music. If you have a little more time, maybe you would rather watch something on television or listen to a podcast or spend some time with your family or friends. And if we have even more time then perhaps you would want to go somewhere, whether it be go to the movies or spend some time on a favorite pastime that you enjoy. Maybe it's hunting or fishing or climbing or hiking or even taking a vacation. Do you know what it is for you? The answer would be different for all of us because we're all different. But how do you like to spend your leisure time? Tonight, what I want us to talk about, as you see behind me here, is a Christian's view of entertainment. And I can almost imagine someone, and maybe more than one in this room, at that moment says, whoa, that's one of the few times I get to choose what I want to do, and I don't need anybody messing with it. And I understand that too. Because what we do for our entertainment is a very personal thing. It's a very, very rare opportunity when we can choose what we want to do. But here's what I want to suggest to you tonight. If we will be wise enough to order this area of our life the way we're striving to order every other area of our life according to God's will, the truth is that it will actually enhance our enjoyment and the pleasure that we get out of the entertainment and the ways we spend our leisure time. Now, it surely comes as no surprise to you that there is supposed to be a difference between the way we Christians spend our leisure time, the things we do for entertainment, compared to the way the people of the world choose to spend their leisure time and the things that they do. Those of us who have submitted our lives to Christ, we have become His children at some point in our lives. We one time lived our life the way we wanted to. We tried it our way and we quickly realized, hopefully quickly, that God's way was best. We went astray, as the Bible says we all do, and we realized that He wanted to forgive us. He wanted to have a relationship with us. He wanted us to live eternally with Him. And so we submitted our lives to Him, received His forgiveness, but we also, in making that commitment, 
made the decision and the commitment that from that day forward, we would order our lives according to what His will was or is for our life. Why? Because we know that His way is best. If you want to live the very best life possible, live it the way of the Christian. The Bible says that bodily training is of some value, but godliness has value both in this life and the life to come. You want to know that His way is best? Just look around. Look at the way the world, the people of the world are living. Let me ask you this. Who would want to be like them? Are they happy? They'll tell you they're, ha- they're not happy. Because the way the Christians live and the way that God has us living is the best. If we asked people of the world, what do you like to do during your leisure time? What do you like to do for entertainment? They might answer some of the same things we said earlier. But I guarantee you we would also hear some things like this. Oh, I like to go to the bar for happy hour occasionally. Happy hour, by the way is surely the greatest misnomer there has ever been. I like to drink a little on this. I I like to do drugs here occasionally. I like to get involved. Oh, I had an affair a few years ago. We would hear all that stuff. And friends, if we're not careful, even we can succumb to some of those things. But the difference is we know better. Tonight we're interested in how and what does God have to say about how we should spend our leisure time. Let's start with a definition tonight. What do we mean when we talk about entertainment? Well, you look it up and you see something like this. It's the things we do for amusement, enjoyment, or pleasure. And as we've already pointed out, that means different things to different people, even those of us in this room tonight. But what we can all agree on is this. It's getting harder and harder to find wholesome avenues, wholesome opportunities for entertainment. In this world in which we live, it's harder to find wholesome, good, productive ways to spend our leisure time. And that's true whether it's things that we're wanting to watch on TV or on Netflix. It's hard to find wholesome things to watch. It's hard to find wholesome music to listen to. It's hard to find wholesome things to read. It's even hard to find wholesome places to go. And so we might ask, what as Christians are we supposed to do? Well, let me suggest this premise as we begin talking about this tonight. And it's that God isn't against our having fun. He's not against our desire to to have leisure time, to have times of enjoyment. How do I know that's true? Jesus did it. Do you remember that the Bible says Jesus would pull away at times? He would get away from the daily grind of ministry and he would go away to another place. We know that he went to parties on occasion. Remember in John chapter 2, the wedding feast that he attended at Cana of Galilee? What about the day of Sabbath that God instituted under the old law because He knew that people needed a day of rest? And what did God Himself do on the seventh day after He created the world? Genesis 2 tells us that He rested. God isn't against our desire to have times of rest, times of leisure. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says there's a time for everything. 
A time for every purpose under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die. Verse 4 says a time to weep and a time to laugh. He's saying that there are times for everything. And that would certainly include our times of work compared to our times of rest and recreation. But just like everything in this world, in this life, God has put boundaries, guidelines, if you will, in place. Not to keep us from having fun, but because He wants us to have the most fun that we can in this life. He knows. He knows what works for us. It reminds me of this cartoon. It's called The Guardrail. Of course, it's a picture of a young man jumping over a fence. And the fence says God's commands, if you can't see that all over the auditorium here. So the young man says, I hate being confined by this fence. I'm jumping over it. While the friend watching him says, wait, it's not a fence. And we jump to the next caption and you see the young man's going over. What he didn't realize was it was a cliff. And his friend says, it's a guardrail. Well, that's the way God is for us. That's the way His boundaries, His guidelines are to guide us in our lives. So the question is, tonight, we're interested in knowing what are His guidelines in this area of our entertainment, the way we spend our leisure time. I wonder what comes to your mind. If we could take a survey and go around with a microphone and let everyone who wanted to share a verse out of the Scriptures that would relate to this matter of how do we spend our leisure time, our entertainment. I wonder what verses would come to your mind. I chose ten of them, and I'd like us to read through them together. First of all, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever we do, whether we're working or being entertained... 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, Don't be deceived. Evil companions corrupt good morals. This is a point we'll come back to. The idea that the people that we spend time with can be a form of entertainment for us too. Ephesians chapter 5. Are we off? There it is. Well, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 say... But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Psalm 101 verse 3, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. Psalm 119 verse 37 Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11. And have no fellowship, no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And one more. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7. 
but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. That's about ten of them. It certainly isn't a comprehensive list. We could add many more. But tonight what I want to do in the minutes we have together is to camp out on another verse altogether. Because I believe this other verse gives us a checklist of sorts, if you will, that we can use whenever we're trying to consider how should I spend the extra time that I have? What kind of entertainment should I be looking for? And it's found in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Right near the end of the book. And I'd like us to turn there. If you have your Bible, we'll be in that verse for several minutes now. Philippians chapter 4. The last chapter of the book, Paul is at the end. He's not talking about entertainment specifically in this verse, but it absolutely applies. So he says in verse 8, finally, brethren, he's, he's wrapping up the book. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now he used a lot of words there, and I would like us to talk about them one by one. The first criteria that we need to keep in mind as we consider what we want to do when we have a choice about how to spend our leisure time. He says, first of all, whatever things are true. That's the first criteria. Is it true? And furthermore, is it true according to God's Word? Now we are living in a world, and you know it, where we're seeing before our very eyes good being called evil and evil being called good. We see it on television. We see it in social media. We see it everywhere. And the book of Isaiah says in chapter 5, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Let me ask you, how many times have you seen or heard things in the media that aren't true? Friends, we need to be very careful that we don't get caught up in promoting something and saying that it's true when God says it's not. Or saying that something is good when God says that it's evil. Or saying that something is evil when God says it's good. The question is, first of all, is our choice of entertainment supporting that which is true? The world will tell you that truth is relative. They will say, it doesn't matter what you think. Think what you want. Your way of thinking about it's your interpretation. And mine is fine too. And that is not what God says. That's not even what this verse suggests. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, that suggests in and of itself that we can know the truth. And not only that, but we are expected to obey it. And Jesus agreed John chapter 8, verse 32, he says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In John chapter 17, when he was praying before his arrest and crucifixion, he said, Sanctify, he prayed to his Father, Sanctify them or set them apart by your truth. Your truth, your word is truth. 
And so that is the important point. How in this world in which so many voices are telling us what we ought to believe on commercials and everywhere we look and listen, how do we know what is true? 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us, Study to show yourself approved. My friends, we will be swept away if we do not know the truth of God's Word. I'm haunted by that passage in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 that says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're seeing it among Christians today. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. There will be people surprised at the end of time to learn that what they thought was true and right and good, God said was not the whole time, but they never bothered to read it. One day it dawned on me, I was right out of undergrad uh, years in college, having been raised, my dad's a preacher, has been as long as I've known him. I've grown up all my life. What a blessing. But one day it dawned on me, I've got to make this my own. There's a saying that God has no grandchildren. We all have to become His children. And that was the moment I opened my Bible for myself and let my eyes start studying God's Word. And that's when my faith went, just like that. First of all, is it true? Secondly, He says, is it noble? Whatever things are noble. Well, what does that mean? He's talking about the fine personal qualities, the high moral principles and ideals that should be characteristic of the things that we do and who we are. The American Standard Version uses the word honorable instead of noble. Those things that are worthy of honor, that deserve our respect or our esteem. And so we must ask ourselves, do the things I'm choosing to do to entertain myself, are they showing to other people that I am striving to be a person of noble character? And furthermore, are the things that I do for my entertainment during my leisure time, are they helping other people who see me do them, are they helping them become people of noble character? I heard about a man who was with some of his buddies one time and he said, hey guys, I want to tell you a joke. And he got over, he said, looked around, he said, I want to make sure there are no ladies present. And one of those men spoke up and said, no, sir, there are no ladies present, but I would remind you that there are gentlemen present. Do you think that joke got told? Because that man was standing up for what he knew was the right thing, the noble thing. Potty humor, sexual innuendos have no place among us, friends. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 4 says, Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting. They don't even fit us. What does? He says, the giving of thanks. Test number two, is it noble? And then he says, thirdly, whatever things are just. Now, this word starts getting at our interactions with each other. It's talking about our dealings with our fellow man. If something is just, 
that means that it is fair. So when we're participating in things that involve other people, we need to ask ourselves, am I being fair to them? I can't help but think about social media in this regard. How oftentimes, and it's so easy to get caught up and put something on there that say something about someone or, or vilify, attack, say, say things that we would never say to a person in public. That's not being just. We need to be very careful. I've, I've I believe if there's ever been a place in this world that less is more, it has to be Facebook. We need to be careful with our words that we're being fair and just. We need to be careful in our games with other people that we're fair when we're playing sporting events and there's no cheating involved. Even in our casual conversations, that's a form of entertainment. We need to be very careful that we don't get caught up in gossiping about other people when they aren't there to defend themselves. One commentator wrote this, There is perhaps no way by which a person professing to be religious can do more injury than by injustice and dishonesty in his dealings. Injustice. The men of the world, these people who have God's not even on their radar, the men of the world, when they are estimating a man's character, place more importance on the virtues of justice and honesty than they do to how frequently these people go to church or observe the ordinances of religion. He says, if a Christian wants to make an impression on his fellow man favorable to religion, it is imperative that he manifest uncorrupted integrity in his dealings. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just. Fourthly, whatever things are pure. If something is pure, it is clean. It is free from any, any contamination. James chapter 1 verse 27 says that pure religion and undefiled religion involves keeping ourselves unspotted from this world and you know we're living around a whole world of people forces Satan at work that wants nothing more than to spot us up it's hard to find anything pure anymore when we're looking for entertainment you know David wrote in Psalm chapter 101 he said I will set nothing wicked before my eyes I heard someone say about that wonder how many of today's movies David would have gone to see. I learned of a preacher just a couple of weeks ago who apparently was in between churches and he got caught up watching soap operas and he was following the storyline and there of course as there often are two characters that are deciding they're going to have an affair and the preacher said He called himself. He said, yeah, go for it. And he said that was the moment he woke up and realized how deceived he had been because of the powerful influence Satan is so crafty at giving us just a little bit to get us tempted away. It applies to us too in in this matter of purity. 
Have you ever caught yourself enjoying a song because you like the melody of it or the rhythm of it or the beat of it? And then one day you listen to the words and you think, oh, no. We need to be very careful what we let in through our eyes, through our ears, because the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22, Paul told Timothy, keep yourself pure. Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed or happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we don't need to fall in the trap of, of excusing something because it only has a few bad words. No, friends. The standard that we're called to is purity. And the same God that calls us to that standard equips us to be able to do it. God has never commanded anything of us that He doesn't equip us to do. Whatever things next, He says, are lovely. Things that inspire love and beauty. Things that are pleasing. The things that we do for our entertainment... And our leisure time, the way we spend it, ought to be things that are beautiful. I'm reminded, many of you will remember who Fred Rogers was, that Mr. Rogers. This thing about him goes viral every year or two. About when he was a little boy, his mother would tell him, whenever you see something devastating on television, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping and that's what this reminds me of. She was showing him the lovely in the midst of the darkness. And that's the way we are to be in the things we choose to do to show others the light in the midst of darkness, to show them whatever things are lovely. And then, whatever things are of good report. We live very different lives than those in the world. And yet, there are some things that we all agree on. And so what we're talking about when we refer to things that are of good report, we're talking about things that are spoken of by those without and within. Things that we all agree on, that no one says evil things about. Virtues such as courtesy, kindness, respect for parents, purity between our brothers and sisters. We want to make sure that our choices of entertainment promote those values. And then Paul says at the end of the list, if there is any virtue. It's as if he's acknowledging, I know I didn't give you a comprehensive list, so let me add this. If there is anything truly virtuous, any behavior, in other words, that shows a high moral standard, that's what the way our entertainment is to be. He says if there is anything praiseworthy, anything worthy of our praise, he says Think on these things. Focus your attention on these things. Work to cultivate these kinds of things in your life. Let's review the list. When we think about our entertainment, first of all, is it true? Does it match God's Word? Secondly, is it noble? Is it honorable? Is it just? Is it fair to others? Is it pure, clean, without spot or blemish? Is it lovely, promoting that which is beautiful? Is it of good report, something that people tend to all agree is a good thing? 
Is there any virtue about it or anything praiseworthy? Then, if it passes that test, we're safe to do it. And as I said at the outset, God will bless us. Someone wisely said, you obey God and leave all the consequences to Him. You will never lose obeying God. Never. But you can lose it all otherwise. God wouldn't call us to a standard that we could not meet with His enabling power. Tonight I want to close with a few additional thoughts beyond these traits that we've listed, these virtues. Just things that might be helpful to us as we think further about the entertainment that we pursue. Number one, let's always be sure to remember the source. This is particularly true in regard to the media that infiltrates us so. Friends, we need to remember and remind our children that the vast majority of media that we are seeing is being created and produced by people who have absolutely no fear of God whatsoever. No love for God, no respect for God, no desire for God, no hunger for God, no thirst for God. He's not even on their radar. And we are inviting people into our homes through our televisions, through our radios, iPads, iPods, computers that we would never think of inviting personally because their worldview is completely different. I'm reminded of a dear Christian lady who lived in Columbus, Georgia. Her name was Roselle Fabiani. She had a long-running television program in the mornings called The Roselle Show, or At Home with Roselle. I think it changed names through the years. She came around right when television was invented, basically. And she was having a preacher over to her house uh, for lunch one Sunday, I believe it was. And she already had heard how against this new thing called television, this preacher was. And she knew she had one sitting there in her den. She was a little scared about what he would say. So when he came in, I guess she took the initiative and she said, Brother so-and-so, I know you don't like that thing over there. And he looked at her and he said, Sister, it's not that I don't like that thing. I don't like what can be put on that thing. Do you suppose it's any coincidence, since we have airwaves, that Satan is referred to as the prince of the air? We may be inclined to think it doesn't affect us, which leads me to my second suggestion or additional thought, and that is that we need to be careful not to underestimate the power of entertainment's influence on us. Statistics say that over the course of our life, we will spend the equivalent of nine years watching television, or I guess the equivalent thereof. It's true, first of all, though, in regard to the time we spend with the people that we spend time with. Remember, the Bible says that evil companions corrupt good morals in 1 Corinthians 15, so we need to be careful that we choose our friends and our companions wisely. There's a saying that we become like the five people we spend the most time with. Let's make sure they're good ones. This matter of, of the power of entertainment's influence, as I've pointed out, is true in regard to the media. It dictates our fashions. It dictates who we, what we consider to be popular. It even dictates who our role models are. And to anyone who would say, oh yeah, but it doesn't affect me, then I would simply ask you this. Why would advertisers 
pay so much money to put their messages on a medium that doesn't affect us all that much. One producer said, I do feel, and he was against the, the state of media, but he said, I do feel that what we see and hear on the screen is part of who we become. We need to guard our heart. If ever we find ourselves saying, well, tell me where the line is. How far can I go and still be okay? Friends, that is the wrong question. And that is indicative of a more serious problem. Then it's a matter of the heart. And the real question then becomes, why do I even want to find where the line... Wouldn't I want to be way over here where God wants me to be? Thirdly, we need to be intentional about how we spend our leisure time. We don't have to just turn on and face whatever's coming to us, turn on the radio. We can be intentional and only go looking for something to watch on television or on the radio or surf the internet when we know what we're wanting to see. That's called being active about it rather than passive. Fourthly, we don't need to forget the example that we set in our choice of entertainment before others. It would be nice to think we don't have any responsibility in that regard, but the Bible says that we do. What example are we setting when we pursue forms of leisure and entertainment? What example are we setting before our family, our spouse, our children, our friends, our neighbors? Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Children are like sponges. All they need is something to soak. Let's give them good stuff that they see in our choices of entertainment. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Friends, when we attach Christ's name to something, it raises it to a whole new level. And you and I are wearing His name every day of our lives. Two more quickly. Two more thoughts. Don't let entertainment keep you from the ultimate source of nourishment. The word recreation means to recreate or renew. And that's the purpose we we spend time in entertainment. Is to become renewed so that we can continue doing what we've been put here to do. Well, you know what the greatest way to be renewed is? Without question, it's the time that we spend alone with God. If the only time we're getting something from this book is the time we're gathered in this room right here or this building, friends, it's not enough. Entertainment becomes a cheap substitute when we compare it to spending time with God. Brother Cecil May, many of you know, was the dean of the Bible College at Faulkner. He said something not long ago that has stayed with me ever since. He said, the greatest problem facing Christians today is that we don't read our Bible. I want to tell you, we're no match for Satan. One preacher said, it's so simple. We want to make it so difficult, but it's so simple. Starting your day or ending your day in the Word of God. God is waiting to meet us. David said, in the morning, O Lord, 
Will you hear my voice? Psalm chapter 1 verse 2 says that the godly man, his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. You cannot live righteously and avoid this book. You can't. Show me a person who avoids this book and I'll show you a person in whose life sin is having a dominating influence. There's nothing magical about this book. It's not a magic book. It is a supernatural book because of who wrote it. Don't you know God knew that if if we could read it once and get everything we needed, we would just put it on the shelf. But that's not the way it is, is it? Every time we read it, we get something different. It's because it's the mind of God. And finally, let us be careful not to seek entertainment in worship. Entertainment and worship are very different things. And we have to check our expectations. We're so used to being entertained because of the world we live in. But we need to check those expectations at the door. We can become convinced that worship needs to focus on the package and the presentation rather than the content. And that's not true. It's one reason that calling us here an audience is a misnomer. The audience, all of you in the audience today, it's not true. Who is the audience? It's God. We're the worshipers. I do hope that these thoughts we've shared tonight have been helpful. Uh, One more thing, Doug, and I know our time is gone. I would be remiss if I didn't make a comment about this little thing right here. It's a great source of temptation in this very room, I have no doubt. I've visited enough churches to know, and age is no exception. A person taught a toddler one time, a toddler's class about temptation. You know how she did it? She gave them all an Oreo cookie and said, now don't eat it. How long do you think that lasted? I can't help but think this is a little bit like our Oreo cookie. Some people use them for very noble purposes. Would you please just be reminded to be very careful about this? Satan is having a tremendous effect on distracting us from hearing what is most important with this right here. I have a friend, one of my best friends, perhaps my best friend of all, leaves it in his truck because he says, why would I even need it in there? He opts to use a hard hard copy. No judgment there. Nothing wrong. It's a wonderful tool. Let's just be sure that we use it right. We certainly can use it to access the Word of God. All right. Very quickly, three things. God is not against us having fun. But he has put guidelines in place for us to be wise enough to obey them. And true happiness comes when we submit to him in every area of our life, including our choices of entertainment. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And that's what we want. Let us pray. Father, we are so thankful to you for your word that you cared enough about us to give us your very thoughts to help us live the best lives we can here on this earth and to prepare us for heaven. And Father, help us always to remember that this life is preparation for eternity. 
Help us to be mindful of the things that we do during our leisure time, the choices that we make, that they may bring glory and honor to you and therefore draw others closer to you through the lives that we live, whether we are at work or at play. In the name of your precious Son, we pray. Amen.